Hello, and welcome to the Thoughtful Realtor Podcast. I'm Connie Chung. I'm Cliff Sang. And I'm Kenny Gong. We are the founders and partners of Willamar Real Estate. This is a real estate podcast where we get real personal. Every episode, we sit down for insights, stories, and conversations about all things in the market today, running a real estate team in California, and finding our way as leaders and business partners. And today we have another exciting episode for you. We're not doing one, not two, but three episodes of AMA, Ask Me Anything. And the twist here is that each partner will be in the hot seat. Yep. We weren't kidding when we said we get real personal. And today is the third and final part of our AMA series. That's right. If you haven't already, make sure to give the first two a listen because they're super juicy. And those episodes featured Connie and me. So now that leaves you, Cliff. <laughs> oh, no suspense. We no suspense. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't we jump into our AMA? So for our first question for you, Cliff, is that having worked in a number of different real estate related positions from doing mm. biz dev for a real estate brokerage to owning your own real estate investment properties, how has running a real estate company been different from your expectations? Mm, these are juicy questions. Yeah, I would say the main thing that's been different has actually been the way that I would have envisioned it however many years ago. It's different because of you two. Huh. And that's because when visioning out how someone could run a company, I don't think they maybe initially seek out that it'd be a trio running it. And I'm sure I've said it before, but it's just been a wonderful, wonderful thing because, well, I think I'm very different than you two. And I think that has been very complimentary, but also I think I've learned a lot about myself through that. You know, the way I describe it to other people is I think you two lead with heart. Mm. And I think I much more lead with head and trying to be analytical and try to plan things. I used to think that that was a, a better way But I think what I've learned is that the best way is actually a melding of both of those two. You have to have emotion. You have to have inspiration and energy. And that comes from heart. And then the planning is helpful too. This kind of goes back to Kenny's episode about just going with the flow and letting life happen and unfold the way it should. Well, it was the question about what's been the biggest surprise or Mm -hmm. what's been unexpected. Yeah. So that's just been so different is letting things unfold as they should and being okay with that. Yeah. Not even okay with it. Being excited about it because maybe that's the way that it it should have been all Mm -hmm. along. It's so fun to work with you, Cliff. And like just how how you said you lead with the head and uh, with the heart. I thought about that at our lunch today when we were talking about social media (laughs) strategy. My natural inclination has always been the focus on the story we want to tell, what Mm. it looks like. And then right away you were like, oh, but what about the metrics? And it's something (laughs) I would have never thought to measure. Let me show you the sample metrics dashboard that I have ready. I was like, how perfect to put this together. Why didn't we have this a while ago? Yeah, it is true. It's that I can't imagine Willemar without either, Mm. right? I can't imagine it without the head, the analytics, the planning, the strategy, that really, really wonderful data-driven component of our work is so crucial to how we serve and how we provide value. And I also can't think of it without heart. 
mm-hmm. and without all of the the stories and all of the care and thoughtfulness that we bring to it. So it is really true. It's yeah. the best of both worlds. It's like Cinderella. The shoe fits so perfectly on both feet and you need yeah. Yeah, both. To mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You need both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a yin and yang balance thing. Exactly. Yeah. You need both and they have to be in balance. You can't mm-hmm. overextend on either side. Yeah. 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 True. Okay, next question. So you've been super busy out in the field. It's been a really gratefully so busy market. Tell us, can you share any juicy stories or one story of an escrow or client Ooh. experience? Ooh, um, I'm trying to think juicy escrow. But yeah, it has been a busy year. I think busier than maybe a lot of people expected, especially since February of this year. The juicy escrow experience that comes to mind is just a few weeks ago, we had a listing in Oakland in the Laurel Upper Diamond area. And this listing was very interesting because the agent on the other side that we were working with was very particular and maybe a little bit tougher to work with. What made the escrow process tricky was having to navigate that a little bit. And then in terms of activity on the home, there's a lot of activity, but what ended up happening was in terms of offers that came in, it was a little bit lighter than what we expected. Mm -hmm. So having to navigate that and really try to come to a good outcome for our sellers. I think they were really, really happy with the final outcome in terms of price and all of that. It was still a win, Mm -hmm. but it was just a little bit tougher to navigate than expected. Okay. Follow-up question to that. This is a question we get asked quite a bit. Advice for dealing with tougher agents or tough agents mm. in that, mm. that. And when we talk about tough, it's in the realm of challenging to work with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's funny because a lot of that, when I get into those tricky situations, I, I'm reminded by what Kenny said um, early on when I was still getting trained and, and mm-hmm. coming to, to both of you to vent effectively. And I think I asked you something like, do I take the high road? <laughs> and you said... Always take the high road. And I still remember that because I think my natural inclination is sometimes to count the offenses that you've had Mm -hmm. and and be like, at some point, well, you got to respond back. Sometimes I think maybe we're a little bit too accommodating and maybe Mm -hmm. there's a better balance. But generally, it's to to take the high road and to realize that this industry, there's a whole nother dynamic, not only client relationships, but then there's a whole side of agent relationships. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I think that's something that I've learned seeing you two work that it's just as important as the client side. So always take the high road and just remember that at some point it's a small community that that person will come back at some point. So burning the bridge can be disastrous. Yeah. Ooh, to add a little juice to that. I know that agent and actually one really great (laughs) stager we work with all the time. Just posted a throwback to one of that agent's listings and (laughs) how wonderful it was to work with that agent. And I just thought, did she really have a great time? <laughs> she just saying that. But anyway. Yeah. I mean, it's also so interesting because these transactions, whenever we're working with any other side, right? Or if we're representing sellers, if we're working with other buyers, agents, or vice versa, mm. this is what's so wonderful about this industry is you never know what other people are holding when mm. you're in an interaction with them. Yeah. Right. Not only, of course, they could be having a bad day, but they could be having a bad day for all sorts of different reasons that are completely not in our control, that are not actually even influenced by us. It's completely what they're dealing with. It could be their client, Mm. you know, they've got another transaction or, of course, personal life. 
And unfortunately, one bad interaction can create a lifelong reputation. But that's why I always, it is always try to take the high road because we have such few interactions and in such small agent communities that can be really detrimental. Yeah, that does bring up a good point because, yeah, maybe I was judging too quickly with that other agent because maybe they're dealing with a lot of tough stuff. But I think that is one thing that's interesting about our job is we have to absorb Mm -hmm. all the stuff that Mm -hmm. is happening with our clients and all the emotions and even personally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then we have this phone call with the other side and you can't let that show. Right. That is what makes us the professional in that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. so it requires training. Yeah. It requires, I don't want to say thicker skin, but it does require a level of controlling your emotions mm-hmm. to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. Something that you, Cliff, control really, really well <laughs> is your calendar. And My crazy calendar. <laughs> <laughs> so the amazing thing is, of course, we get to see all of each other's calendars. And Cliff's calendar is a sight <laughs> to, be to, seen. to be seen. <laughs> I do wonder sometimes because I'm like, I do know that the team can see it, but I'm just going to use it the way that I use it. Yeah. So tell us about that. Tell us about the process. Tell us about the mindset. Mm. Tell us more about that because I think it actually is very instructive. And yeah, I don't know. It's it's revealing, of course. (laughs) If nothing else, it's revealing. (laughs) Now I'm trying to think about what's on there. Yeah. For context, I use my calendar to plan for everything in my day. So uh, at any time, you should know where I am based on my calendar. And I think the general thought process is if it's on my calendar, then I can just follow my calendar. There's fewer decisions that need to be made. So I don't have decision fatigue. Mm -hmm. And you know, not know where I am, but I also know that I've had created the time to get certain things done. Mm-hmm. To me, it's even more powerful than a to-do list because the to-do list doesn't have any time mm-hmm. capacity right. associated with it. Versus if I book out 30 minutes to do X, then I have that time to do it. Mm-hmm. So I know it's a sight to behold. I know it's a crazy thing because sometimes I can see some person looking at it and feeling stressed from it. But in, ironically, I get a lot of relief yeah. from how the calendar set up. Has it always been... How long have I, you been <laughs> crazy? How long have you been a crazy person? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I think it's evolved over time. Yeah. Because I'm trying to think what my calendar was like ten years ago. It was definitely not as maniacal as it is now. Even five years ago, I think I've just started to use it more and more as a tool and mm-hmm. found it helpful. Mm-hmm. So then I've just been putting more on it. Yeah. yeah. And do you add things as you go on your phone and your desktop, or? Oh yeah. I do. Yeah. Just as you go, as you book things or. Yeah. Fill it's in. just like muscle memory. It's mm. like someone's like, Hey, can you meet at this time? Boom. I just put it on mm. the calendar. I put everything there. Even when I get a car wash, haircut, yeah. all of the things. Yeah. So, cause sometimes I'm like, Oh, well, when was the last time yeah. I got a haircut? You know, I want it to be about three weeks or so. Oh, I want a yeah. mental budget for haircut and that kind yeah. of stuff. So. so then it becomes almost like a journal. A yeah. Little bit, right? yeah, I guess so. Yeah. 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 D- Gmail, <laughs> the app. No, the Google G- Calendar. Google Calendar app, yeah. Google Calendar app. And then I'm feeling your... like I'm a crazy person getting interviewed. <laughs> no, no, I think <laughs> no, it's great. Helpful. It, yeah, it's made me think about calendaring yeah. differently too. Yeah. Because mm. I tend to just calendar mostly appointments or when yeah. I have mm. an active engagement. It's a good reminder to calendar in certain projects I want to get done yeah. to ensure I dedicate mm. time to them. Yeah. And I remember seeing your calendaring like drop off Bruno at his yeah. daycare and it's like oh. yeah you, that is your time that is a time yeah. commitment that is yeah. 
occupied. Yeah, so yeah. it's important to put that in there. I mean, it takes 30 minutes, like 10, yeah. 15 minutes to drive there, 10, 15 minutes to drive, mm-hmm. drive back. So yeah, I do need that kind of time blocked off. Yeah. Funny enough, Misan and I started doing a weekly time blocking together a little bit. So Ooh. like Monday or Sunday night, we'll talk about Bruno's drop off yeah. and pickup schedule. So then it'll be on one of our calendars. Mm. And then we started doing the whiteboarding session together. Yeah. So that's been really, really cool too. And having that time. Yeah, just yeah. time set yeah. up for it. I think it's really necessary, actually, to think the way that you're thinking because, mm-hmm. especially these days, there's so much thrown at us and we're contending with so much. There's so many things that we, not only as business owners, but as agents and as people with social lives and family lives and friends, there's just so much that you have to manage yeah. that it's almost like you have to have some kind of regimen. And secretly, because the team, everything is on one calendar. So all team members can see that one calendar. But secretly, I'm also the same way. (laughs) But I only share one calendar. Oh. Yeah. So I, if you toggle all of my calendars, it looks like Cliff's. Ah. Yeah. But the team doesn't yeah. know. <laughs> I see. Yeah, yeah. That, that's I think a smarter way to do it because you, yeah, you don't need to share everything with everyone. I think it works both ways, mm. right? I just like it my way because I've been doing it that way. But there's totally value in just being able to say, if I need to know where Cliff is, mm-hmm. <laughs> I will know. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah. Ooh, this is a good question. One thing I appreciate about you so much is your commitment. And curiosity to continually grow personally and professionally. And you've hired a few different coaches, Mm -hmm. business personal coach, relationship coach, and a communications coach. Can you share what your experiences have been like and what you've learned from those experiences? Mm. Yeah. Coaching to me has been such a game changer over the last couple of years. And it's an investment. You know, it's not cheap to hire a coach. And I think also sometimes people fall in this loop where maybe they kind of get addicted to coaching too. They need to make sure that they're getting the outcome or they're growing from it. Similar to going to Tony Robbins, people can just get addicted to all of that stuff and, you know, questionable how much progress they're making. So it's important to be reflective about that. But I've had a really good experience with coaching. I'll give a shout out to Brody Whitney, who's my life personal coach, and then Liz Coleman, who's been my communications coach. Mm -hmm. And I think the short of it has just been, it's been more about learning about yourself, learning about your blind spots, learning Mm -hmm. about your weaknesses. Yeah. But areas for growth, because I think I've learned everyone in life is operating, thinking that their way is a rational way. No one's operating thinking that they're trying to hurt people or maybe some people, but most people Mm -hmm. are just operating how they think they should operate life. But there's, I think, ways to to do it better. And a coach, once you build that connection with them, are able to call out those blind spots. Yeah. For example, with Liz, really cool exercise. I think you guys both filled out the form, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So that was cool. But it was all anonymous. So she sent out a survey to closest friends, um, colleagues, business partners, college friends. And it was a really raw, it was a long form that you've pretty much filled out. Like, what are my strengths as a communicator? What are my Mm -hmm. weaknesses? What are blind spots and all that? And the intent of that was to just get really raw feedback. Mm -hmm. And I remember getting that. I think I got it right before we went on, on our Thailand trip. But, you know, I got really emotional reading all of it because it it hit hard. And I think at first you get really, you're really defensive about it. You're like, oh, what? what? Connie sees that about me because I'm always (laughs) stressed about this. Oh, yeah, my sister would write that because of this, right? And then after you unpack it with a coach who walks you through it, you realize there's things that you need to work on. Yeah, it's also been so amazing to, I feel like we started working with you 
right before the apex of your coaching engagements. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. it's been such a wonderful look to see your progress because it's mm. been real tangible progress, mm. you know, and when you think about Thanks. like, Oh, that makes me, thank you for saying that. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. It's like, I'm, I'm talking to a different person mm. in so many ways. And, and it's funny too, because I remember, of course, the core of you is the same. And the core goodness has always been there, but now your effectiveness as a leader and your effectiveness as a communicator and as a person, really, all of that self-growth has been very, very evident. So it's just awesome to see that. Mm. Yeah, in real time, mm-hmm. in real time. Thanks, Kenny. Oh. Okay, so I've got my next question is, do you have a favorite memory of an embarrassing situation? Um, two come to mind. Oh, okay. One I think is kind of a silly one. The one that comes to mind is, I feel like I shouldn't share this on a podcast like this, but I think I was in kindergarten. I went to a camp uh-huh. and I had to poop really, really badly. Okay. Yeah. And I remember, so the way the camp, at least this is my memory of it, is you have just a bag of your laundry from the whole week. Oh. And I, <laughs> like, you I pooped my pants day five or uh-huh. day seven. And I remember having to put all my, I just, I didn't know what to do with it. I think I was like five or six. So I put all my dirty laundry, including the poopy pants yeah, yeah. into this laundry bag. Oh. And then I remember on day six or day seven, the lady that was in charge of our cabin yeah. came by and it was like, oh, let me go through your laundry bag to, I can't remember why. It was just like, oh, let me sort something out. And I was like, no. <laughs> And then she knew that I pooped my she pants. Knew. And I remember just being morbidly Morbid, yeah. embarrassed as a little kid. Vivid memory. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and then the other one is related to high school speech and debate. I remember my freshman year, we were at a tournament. We all have a, you know our 10-minute speeches that we have to memorize. Yeah. And I was up there, and I completely froze five minutes in. Oh. And then I just com- completely froze. Yeah. And I don't know if you've ever been in a spot like that where as each second passes, it just gets more awkward because you're like, okay, how do I save this? And then you can't save it. And it just gets, yeah. it just gets worse. Yeah. So what'd you do? It doesn't, I, I can't remember. I think I made something up and then yeah. just finished and, you know, walked off really ashamed or maybe I just w- sat down. Mm-hmm. It was quite embarrassing. Yeah. Do you remember what? tournament or i remember campus? it was an oa original oh. advocacy freshman year and it was at alhambra high school mm. one of those it was fall it was the fall tournament yeah wow it's interesting to think about both of these individual scenarios they just stick right they're just mm-hmm. in there and do you now 30 years have passed and 20 years have passed do you relate to those change. memories in a different way I, I mean, I'm not embarrassed by it yeah. anymore. I guess my one reflection is the embarrassment that you feel is nowhere near like what you should, mm-hmm. if that makes yeah. sense, yeah, yeah. because it's really not that big of a deal. Yeah. Like, I wonder if anyone who was in that room when I gave that speech, if they even remember that moment mm-hmm. at all. I don't know. if. Well, maybe that lady remembers grabbing this poopy pants, but yeah. I don't know. Maybe Little not. did you know, <laughs> that's not the first poopy pants. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. She is. That's- <laughs> She's like, oh, there's a third one today. Probably seen all sorts of things. Mm. Ooh, next question. You've been 
pretty open about your fertility journey with mm. highs and lows. And I really appreciate that, especially yeah. because we don't hear it very often. You know, yeah. it's not talked about much in society. What's one thing you've learned about yourself in your fertility journey with me, son? Yeah. Yeah. So for context, we're in the middle of the IVF journey right now. This is our second time going through it. First time was a couple of years ago, just to go through it, to store an embryo. Now this time we're planning to, I always forget the term, not the insertion, not the trans, the transport. Oh, no, no, no. It's the, uh, transfer. Oh, the we're tra- planning to do the, the transfer, transfer this That's time. What called, the transfer. That's what it's called. Yeah. Yeah. It's been really good for me. I think the one thing that I've learned about myself is I think I've just had a lot more appreciation for the woman. Mm. I don't even know how to describe it because the list of things that Misan has to do mm. versus what mm. I have to do as part of the IVF process. And every guy that I've talked to that has been part of it, they they know what's coming when I start to see it. It's really nothing. There's a list of 20 things that she needs to do, including getting jabbed with hormones three times, you know, three different needles every single night for a few weeks, and then even going under anesthesia to remove the eggs and all of that stuff and just being bloated and all the uncomfortableness. And then the guy's list is literally drink less, don't smoke weed, and go give your sample two days before. Yeah. It's like one thing that I have to do versus wow. the twenty. And it's just opened my eyes up as as a guy. I think it's just made me mature as a man and appreciation for for the female, the the woman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's an amazing journey and also truly, truly, I think I want to echo just what Connie was saying that what a gift you are giving everyone Mm -hmm. that listens to this because it's not something that is talked about. I highly doubt that it's talked about on real estate podcasts, (laughs) (laughs) particularly from a man's perspective, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that's really special and something that... I hope more and more people get to be more open about and talk about because knowing now how many other of your friends have gone through, it's not a uncommon thing, right? It's actually something that a lot of couples have to manage and navigate. And hopefully they have people that they can talk to to feel supported by, but a lot of times people don't. Yeah, it's been one of those really cool things where like when you start sharing, Mm -hmm. then other people open up and they start talking about it and it's way free to connect with people. I I still don't know why. I mean, I guess I know why people don't really talk about it openly and share about it because it's a very personal thing. And generally it's come with some trauma of like, hey, it hasn't worked out for so long. So you don't want to talk, I guess, generally about failures or things that haven't worked in life. But I don't know. I I feel surprisingly very open to talk about it. And it's been nice to connect with other people about it. Mm hmm. So then our last question is what is giving you the most joy right now these days? I would just have to say Bruno. (laughs) Tell us who Bruno is. Bruno is our three-year-old puppy dog. Um, He's a COVID pup. And uh, man, for the dog owners out there, they'll know what I'm talking about. Having a dog, and maybe this is a testament to just being in your (laughs) mid-30s where you don't really want to go out as much and be a social It is just so nice having a dog at home. And what's so special about Bruno is he kind of zigs and zags the way that we need. Some days, Misan will just be on the couch just resting all day and watching TV. And he's content doing that. And then the next day, we'll go on hike. We'll go to Berkeley campus to walk around. And he's just running and running and running Mm -hmm. and high energy. He's just a nice, nice little guy. Misan and I at least once a week talk about like, man, we got pretty lucky with this guy. And he's the right energy. And also in the thick of COVID, 
I think hard for people to remember how in late yeah. 2020 isolation and just all the stuff that we were going through Bruno helped us mm. get yeah. through all that he gave us a re- I don't want to say to give us a reason to live but like he gave <laughs> yeah. us a reason to walk he gave <laughs> us a reason to go do things and yeah. it was he really gave you a lot of joy during so such joy. Yeah. tough times uncertain times yeah oh. he's just so cute He's so cute. And he's also been on such a journey himself. <laughs> yes, yes. Yes. He's matured and he's blossomed yeah. as a little doggy. Right. Because I remember w- when I first met <laughs> Bruno, both Cliff and Misun would be like, oh, hold on, hold on. Just, just, you, you know, wait, yeah, give him these treats. Hold on. And then, you know, the last time I saw him, he was social, not only with people, mm-hmm. but with other dogs. And you could just feel the joy and mm-hmm. happiness exuding from him. So to see that is, that's a lot of growth mm-hmm. for that one little pop. Yeah. One little pop. Okay. Before we wrap up, we've got our series, This oh, or yes. That. So we'll give you questions and you choose one or the other. First one, coffee or boba? Coffee. Wow. I actually don't drink much boba. Yeah. I've noticed that. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I, know yeah. I was like, I, I, was I don't know how we that. let you on <laughs> in the know, team. No, exactly. <laughs> I was like, I don't need to admit it. I think you know. <laughs> Summer or winter? Summer. Summer. Sweet or savory? I used to say savory for sure, but now I think I'm a little bit more sweet. Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Texting or FaceTime? Do you FaceTime? Occasionally, yeah, but I think I prefer text. Yeah, yeah. Would you rather read a book or watch a movie? I can't remember last time I didn't fall asleep through a movie. Yeah, and I, actually, I can't remember last time I read a book from an end either. <laughs> but if we do audio book, <laughs> then I finished quite a, quite a bit of those. Ooh, and the next one is pizza or pasta? Pasta, pasta. Mm. Mm-hmm. Are you an early bird or a night owl? Uh, early bird. Yeah. Rainy day or sunny day? Sunny day. I like the sun a lot more. Yeah. Netflix or YouTube? I would say the black mirror just popped in my head. So we're working through that new season. Yeah. So I'm going to say Netflix. I think it's a seasonal thing. Sometimes Mm, I'm more Netflix, sometimes more YouTube. Right now I'm in Netflix mood. Yeah. Hmm. So interesting. Indoor or outdoor? I think outdoor. Outdoor. I think outdoor. Mm. I actually feel like it's weird. I feel like I don't have that strong of a preference for that one. Yeah. I'm good with either. It can be pleasant indoor and yeah. pleasant outdoor. Would yeah. you rather travel by car or plane? A uh, plane, because that seems more exciting and it means you might be going somewhere far mm. and exciting. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like a road trip is not. I'd prefer to fly to the desert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fiction or nonfiction? Nonfiction. Yeah. Cake or ice cream? Ice cream. Cookies and cream ice cream. Specifically. Particular brand? What's that blue one that, uh, not Bluebell. It's, um, it's oh, a light Humphrey. Blue. Humphrey's local? No. No, not Humphrey. Oh. Light blue? Um, darn. I know what it looks like exactly. There's a cow is on it. Is it Strauss? Strauss? Yes. Strauss yes. Creamery? Oh, oh yeah. that one is really good. It, it's really good. Yeah, yeah, that one is really good. Music or podcasts? It's podcasts, yeah. but I am trying to listen to more music in my mm. life. Yeah. yeah. Lastly, sh- would you rather shop online or in store? I am an online shopper. Where are you shopping online these days? I've been doing some Nordstrom browsing because the anniversary oh. sale starts today, apparently. <laughs> I'm always a sales. It's got to be oh, on sale. It's yeah. in your shopping cart. Oh. <laughs> anniversary? Is that... 
to like make a, it like double points or there's more uh, sales. Oh, yeah. it's like their catalog that they've kind of curated. A lot of those items get on sale for the one week period. <gasps> oh, I, think it's okay, okay. The, I don't know. Yeah. Your fashion. And then Amazon. Those are the two. <laughs> oh, Amazon. Ah, Alrighty. Well, there are so many juicy questions that we got answers to from Cliff in this episode and really appreciate your responses. They were just so open and felt very much like you and it felt very much like where you're at right now in life. And so we thank you so much for sharing. And we also thank you for concluding this <laughs> three-part series so fun. of the Thoughtful Realtor podcast. Yeah. If you haven't listened to the first two where Kenny and I were in the hot seat, give those a listen. And if you like content like this or have more burning questions for us, we'd love to hear from you. You can find us at willamar.com or on Instagram at willamar underscore underscore. And if you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button and leave us a review. We read each one of your reviews and we appreciate when y'all share the love. So until next time. Bye. Bye.